You're listening to PlayStation Power. I'm George, and with me is Greg. As always. And we have a special guest here, Jalo. Hi! And uh, we're talking about Lunar 2 Eternal Blue Complete. As suggest, uh, you know what? I don't even know. Greg, was this your suggestion? And then I don't know what the story is anymore. Somebody <laughs> said something, and now it's a podcast, apparently. <laughs> from like what I recall, I was just thinking, that I was trying to think about additional episodes in the podcast to do, and I'm like, we usually try to cover sequels on this podcast, George. We've done it with Gradius, we've done it with a, uh, mm-hmm. a Kingdom Hearts, and I'm like, well, how about a, well, think about sequels how about the sequel to lunar and i'm like you know i remember jaw being so uh, passionate enthusiastic about the game so it only seemed right to bring her back yeah, of course i mean so she's always I welcome <laughs> boy thank you <laughs> well, you're welcome um anyway this is uh it's an rpg it's a game you put it you put it in the console uh it was originally <laughs> released on the sega cd uh japan so it december 22nd 1994 United States got it September 15th, 1995. Uh, then was remade and put out on the Saturn Japan only July 23rd, 1998. And the PlayStation saw it uh, in Japan May 27th, 1999. US got it December 15th, 2000. Uh, this was developed by Game Arts and Japan Art Media. Uh, publisher uh, in Japan, Katakawa Shoten and ESP. Um, and of course, published in the United States, Working Designs, which uh, put out a good, good amount of good games. Yeah, good like everything. Yeah. Working, yeah, pretty much everything Working Designs put out. Uh, um, uh, they put out over here, like I liked. Uh, it, it was a very mixed, like mixed genre of games that they brought out. They brought out over here too, from everything from like traditional RPGs to shooters yeah. uh, to strategy games. So, and they're all like very, very good. Yeah, it. Working Designs was actually the very first publisher that I began to follow as a kid. I, you know, was aware of stuff like Capcom and Konami, but I didn't seek out those games in particular because there were so many of them I didn't have to. (laughs) So, uh, you know, with Working Designs, it was kind of like, oh, hey, that's uh, really cool. I really like these games that they are putting out. I am interested to see what else they're bringing over. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting when you just randomly play a game and like, oh shit, they published it. Okay, that's cool. Because <laughs> with emulation and whatnot, it, at least for me, it's like I'm just gonna play a random game that I have just downloaded in this folder or whatever. And oh shit, hey, it's one of those guys' things. No, it's not well, one of their things. That, I think that's illegal to sell that into a, a PlayStation game, but uh, it's 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 a game that they published. Yeah, well, I mean, especially if you are uh, retro gaming it, for sure, you have those moments of, hey, I didn't even know this was this company or whatever, but yeah, like back in the day, I definitely started to pay attention to who was publishing what. Right. After I played the Lunar games and I just liked them as much as I did, so you know, for sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't really keep a list myself, but when I see games and oh wait, hold on, I recognize that name and I see them as being a uh, some kind of uh, competent publisher developer, like all right, yeah, like we'll take a look at this, but um, yeah, 
uh, as uh, somebody who's definitely kind of spent a good amount of money on on these old games and whatnot uh, with the hardware and all this other fucking shit, um, <laughs> and it's still still more money needs to be put in. So uh, that's fun times. It but, is a black hole. It is a money trap. Yeah, well, there is well, no there is no end to it. Well, when it turns into Oh, I really don't want to be using S-Video or Composite for, like, my PlayStation or my Dreamcast anymore. And then it's like, alright, well, it's like a $20 to $30 cable or whatever that I gotta get. And then plug that into my fucking $400 upscaler. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it gets pretty fucking expensive. <laughs> what you're saying is that you're opening up a museum. <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> But anyway, this this game, this this game that has uh, okay. So fun fact, uh, not very fun, but uh, <laughs> kind of a fact. Uh, I was I was actually I actually told Greg uh, this, but uh, one of the characters in this game, uh, Lucia, for some reason I keep calling her in my mind Lufia, and then I keep <laughs> calling this game Lufia too, and I'm like, no, that's not fucking right. No, that is that is very very wrong. But they're both wrong. RPGs that are good, so yeah. Can you blame but... me? Well, you know, like I I get it, I get it for sure. It's it's a thing. It's, yeah. it's, it's it took right. me a little bit like... to stop doing that. Well, in back in the day when this game first came out, I knew somebody that drove me insane because they kept on calling Lucia Luna because Luna is the main character from the okay. first game who also has blue hair. Right. right. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, like, you know, that that was the thing. And it's like, no, Luna. So, you know, because I, I was like way into it as a kid because I was really, really like the, the story spoke to me at the time that I needed it to speak to me. So, you know, like I, I got a lot out of it and I had a very personal investment. So it drove me nuts. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah. I, I get that. Certainly yeah, a bunch of games about... that have really uh, have got me earlier. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, speaking about personal investment, this was also a more than more than more than uh, more than average uh, priced game when it came out because of all the extras. Oh I remember yeah, the I remember paying like seventy dollars, uh, seventy dollars like my copy. <laughs> well, that's because it had, like, if you pre-ordered it, you got a galleon punching puppet. I have uh, that. <laughs> you also <laughs> got uh, a whole box that had, like, a cloth map and some little standees, like, character pop-ups, little mm -hmm, cardboard yep. pop-ups. There was a copy, a very heavy copy of Lucia's Pendant, which I have a little story about. I'll, I'll put a pin in that for a second. And then there were, like, some, some other things. And then the, the um instruction manual was hardcover full color had like uh, a bookmark in it and then mm -hmm. like a metallic edge to the paper it was yes. really yep. really nice wow. really nice so I, I think they also had some stickers in there or maybe that was in the strategy guide i don't remember the strategy um, guide had the stickers okay the strategy uh, guide had the stickers there was something else that was in the box as well oh there was also the making of cd as well as the soundtrack Yep. So there was like the making of video of, of you know, how all of that came about and then the soundtrack as well as the game itself. So there were a lot of extras and especially for that time, you didn't see that level of attention, you know, and that level of just like extra omake goodies ever dropped into just like a regular <laughs> release of a game, especially if, you know, uh, it wasn't like an already very well established and very well anticipated you know, title 
and I don't really feel that Lunar ever was that. <laughs> you know, right. like that that wasn't really Lunar's case. And so, you know, that's what was interesting about that release for sure. That's yeah, and now, and now like every fucking game has this like, oh, here, here's the shit from the developers on day one. You know, we took it from the toilet and oh, hey, here's like a clump of hair that we cut out without yeah. them noticing. And it's like $5,000. Yeah. Yep, like, yep, exactly, um, exactly. I don't, I don't know if you guys are aware, but like the when the first Watch Dogs was coming out, there's like 50 different like special editions or whatever that you could buy. And some of them were like, like specific to like, um, country or like store, and it's like this is just way too fucking out of hand. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, working designs certainly, like certainly, they certainly I did themselves like the extras like of this game because like this first game, Silver Star Story, had a lot of extras too, but this like the, so this like blew it away. Yeah. I mean mm-hmm. the pen, uh, the pendant itself was a very unique thing. I can't think of another game mm-hmm. that included actually like pendants. So oh, for I sure. mean like. I mean, like, I mean, like making of making of uh, making of CDs and soundtrack CDs and maps. Yeah, that's been done before, but yeah. Uh, but I, but jewelry. I, the only the only other example I'm aware of is that one of the Ultima games included like uh, um, a necklace with it, but it wasn't the, it wasn't the same. But it wasn't the same quality here uh, as the pendant included in, like this game. But, and um, yeah, yeah, and not only that, but like. The the pendant I do have a story about, so um, go ahead and finish out what you were saying, and then I will. I will well, I was going to say, like you made an excellent point. Um, I answered a point like a moment ago, Joel. That I was going to bring up later on, but I, I can't actually, but it fits in here because another reason, another reason, another reason I thought it might be fun to, another reason I'm thinking that it would be fun to talk about this game is that nobody really talks about it. It doesn't get the attention that the first game series no. did. No, yeah. it doesn't. Uh, for, like for um, you know, for whatever reason, it's like the first game has been remade several times. There have been podcasts done on it, numerous and, articles, and, the and this thing game that, just the, like a black hole. Yeah, and the thing that trips me out about that is that to me, the story in this game, it okay, it's required that you play the first game to fully appreciate what happens in this game. However, uh, the storyline is a lot better to me. The characters <laughs> are a lot better to me. And then the actual game mechanics and stuff are basically what they ported from the Sega CD and then turned into Silver Star Story Complete's style of gameplay. So the one that everybody knows is Silver Star Story Complete, which is the remake, the first remake of the first game. And that just took a crib sheet from the original Sega CD version of this game. So, you know, like the the gameplay and everything, you know, is the same <laughs> right so yeah. it's, it's not like mm-hmm. uh it's um antiquated or something you know that that kind of a thing i mean like yes now it's antiquated but at the time it was you know up to par with the original game it's not like it, it took a hit or anything in that department so and plus i also love the music a lot more than i love the music in the first game as well even though it was composed by the same person so um you know, I don't know what that that says exactly. I mean, I obviously have a preference for the second game, and I have <laughs> since you know, forever. But uh, since I first played it, but uh, just my overall experience with it is, you know, such that I just I feel that when I come away from the second game, I have more to reflect back on than I do with the first game. If that makes sense. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. So, but the pendant. So let me tell you this story about the pendant. I, I believe I said this the last time I was on talking about the first game because, you know, I had to cover everything Lunar just in case you never talked about this one. <laughs> I think that <laughs> but, was one um, of the episodes that I, I hardly talked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it was because there were four <laughs> people on the podcast and, and I was just kind of like going off. <laughs> so, so sorry about that for anybody who uh, is, is not interested in that. Um, so anyway, uh, the pendant. Well, when I was in college, I was in painting uh, because I was an art, my art major and I was in studio at the time. And then this guy came in and he was a friend of one of the other people in my studio. And I started talking to him because he had the Lucia pendant on. And I was like, oh my God, Lucia's pendant. Cause this is in, in college, all right? This is years, several years after the game came out. And so it was surprising to me first that anybody had the pendant on and second that they had it on this long after the fact and third that I happened to run into that person. And so that is how I met my friend Ben. <laughs> and we ended up becoming buddies after that. And so, so there's my little story about how Lucia's pendant brought me closer to somebody else. <laughs> well, there you uh, go. Yeah. I also, uh, not just the pendant, uh, like being a very unique and interesting thing to include in it, to include in a game, because, because yeah, the pendant plays an important part in the game stories. So I understand like why they wanted to include it as a, as a nice bonus, but uh, the little character pop-ups, I, I know they have a proper name, I, I just can't think of what it is like right now, but um, it's like, what's the point of those things? It's just like, yeah, they're nice character representations of all the characters in the game, but it's like... What do you do? Just put them on your desk? <laughs> yeah, they remind me. You ever me... hear of a thing called a decoration, Greg? Well, I mean, it's a strange decoration to include in the game, though. Instead of like just like a poster, like most games yeah. do a poster and call it, yeah, and call it a day. But... Well, those things actually remind me of when I first started playing Dungeons and Dragons. They were releasing. This mm. is like this oh, is yeah, back yep. back with the original Dungeons and Dragons, not I remember. AD and D yep. or any of that. <laughs> and um, when they released it, they had box sets available. They had just the rule boxes, rule books, but they also had box sets that had a map and then little pop ups just like that. Those little mm -hmm. character standees yep, yep. and those represented like those were in place of your miniatures for your adventure, you know, that they had it included in this box set so you could use it like a regular board game. So, you know, I remembered that and so I was like, oh, this is kind of like that. If I were still playing games like that, I would totally use these as my characters. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, that is the idea. That is the only function I could ever come up with for those. <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird hidden function. It's like, oh, maybe right. somebody's going to be playing uh, Dungeons and Dragons. They're going to want to <laughs> use one of these characters. I, I don't know. Put it in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe they just got a really good deal with the printer. And they were just like, what's, what's something different that we could do? Well, how about this? Oh, that sounds good. For know. some reason, when I when, when you said a, a good deal with the printer, I was just thinking of like some shady back alley like thing, <laughs> this like anthropomorphic fucking printer or whatever. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could do this shit for you. It'll, it'll fucking cost you, but it, it's a good deal, man. Half off. <laughs> right. Fucking cops come by. What, are you doing illegal printing here? What's going on? <laughs> Freeze, motherfucker. <laughs> Oh, man. That's, then the that's, Ninja that's Turtles my... pop out because that <laughs> totally was just like 
that sounded like it came from one of the live action movies. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's also probably the first time you hear some kind of New York accent from me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh shit, he does live in New York. <laughs> oh yeah, weird, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I was thinking earlier, and the only other and the only other sequel I could think about that probably gets as little notice as uh, as, little, as little notice as this one does. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys have played these games, but um, I was thinking of also like uh, Parasite Eve two. Yeah. I mean, the first, oh, okay. The first, the first, the first game was the first game was super popular and everybody talks about that one and nobody talks about it um and can we mention the sequel i would think the, i because i've definitely heard people talk about parasite eve 2 i think that's at least a little bit more popular than this game because i've definitely heard people bring it up on like a podcast a couple of times well parasite and, eve 2 is very good i think even though it is right, a very different game right but right so well what trips me out about this is i what i do not understand is why they have remade the first game five million times and you know some of those remakes are better than others um right and you know i already had problems even with the first remake certain things that they did with it uh so they did all of that, but then they only re-released Lunar 2 onto the PlayStation from, you know, the Saturn and, you know, from the Sega CD original. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then that's the only time they ever did that. I wonder if it's like a rights issue because Studio Alex, the people who produced these games, is no longer, you know, an, ex you right. know, an existing yeah. Yeah. property. So, yeah. you know, it's being taken over by other studios who are doing terrible, terrible things to it, at least last I <laughs> saw. And, uh, you know, it, maybe it's a rights thing. Like, maybe they don't have the rights to those characters and they only have the first game is the only yeah. thing I can think. Yeah, I was wondering that myself, Joe. I, Joe, Joe, because I was thinking it's a real shame these games are It's a real shame that she had shame that these games aren't available uh, on, on the PlayStation Store because some former working design games are available on there, uh, like for example, the Ark of the Lad trilogy and like Vanguard oh, Bandits. Yes, hmm. yes, um, awesome. But uh, I tried to I tried to I tried to do some research on it. The the, the developers of the, the developers of the Lunar series in Japan, Game Arts, are still in business. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the publishers for the series, the publishers for the for the series, however, I the company North America that's been given the rights to publish X Lunar game, has rotated a lot over the years. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Working Designs, then Ubisoft, another company, and so on, and so on. And yeah, it very well maybe a rights issue. I mean, it's like because nobody, I don't think the last Lunar game to come out here in the West was 2006, I think. But uh, yeah. I'm, well, I'm, I'm sorry, um, it's there was a. No, there was a remake on iOS in 2012. Oh yeah, so, that's right, that's right. Somebody told me yeah. they played it on iOS, and I yeah. I was scared to look. <laughs> so, uh, so the right it actually just removes like, half of the game. It's like here, here, here you go. <laughs> like what? No, what's going on? Whoa. <laughs> yeah, so the the publisher the publisher rights the publisher rights to the series have probably expired with America by now. So so yeah, if, so yeah, probably is a rights issue. You know, the series has its fans. But, I, but, 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 but it's not as popular as, like, say, a Final Fantasy or, like, a Shining Force that, you know, nobody, uh, nobody's interested in paying and uh, approaching game arts to get the rights to republish the game. It is, it is interesting how they re -re essentially re-released the first game so many fucking times. And then, I know, it doesn't make any sense. Right, because it's just, like, I mean, it's great that they did that, but it's also, like, a game that isn't as popular, at least not over here, Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't make sense. You see, you see a lot of that now uh, made as decisions. Um, the one of the 
only examples I can think of right now is like, and this isn't due to like not releasing, but just in general, the Yakuza games, there are a lot of like Yakuza games that Sega is just like, oh, maybe we should, maybe we should release it. And it's like, this game came out like three years ago already, guys. And now you're thinking of just bringing <laughs> it over here. So it's it yeah. just, yeah, it, it's stuff like that. It's, it, um, you know, it definitely in modern times where um, even developers slash publishers will be like, I don't even know if this is going to sell good enough. So I'm not <laughs> even going to, we're not even going to bother bringing it to other territories. So uh, that's, well, that's George, a fucking uh, shame in itself. But Well, here's, here's another question for you that I, I never also figured out. Why was this never turned into an anime series ever? It had a manga, it had like a couple of mangas, and it mm -hmm, had yep. light novels, but it never turned into an anime, and I don't know why, because the whole thing, like most of the thrust of the game, most of the point of playing this game isn't in the play, because the play is like stock standard JRPG and not particularly right. difficult, it's really right. more about the narrative that you've got going and it's like it's not even presented in such a way that it needs to be a game it could be very well told as an anime series and be fine so i wonder why it never turned into an anime because it could have been and in japan it is my understanding that it was a lot more popular than it ever became over here so like you know they could have been like a japan only release or something but it never did that i know of Maybe they figured that the that the that the cutscenes the cutscenes of the game were already were already anime quality enough that they didn't have to warrant spending the time and money to to expand it. Yeah, well, uh, I guess that's true. I mean, there are hours and hours of cutscenes in this game. Mm -hmm. Yep. So even yeah, fucking the Parappa the Rapper got a, a an anime series. <laughs> so right? I mean, what, really? Yeah. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Oh, That's wow. true. Like they uh, they have made anime series for damn near anything. And you know what? There is. I just saw an article today about uh, there is an anime spokesgirl who is just like a magical girl, and they have this whole thing where she's you know transforming and doing whatever, and she's got her little you know pet or whatever, and she is the spokesperson for a hair hair dye company. And so, okay. like, there, there's, like, a several-minute thing that I watched where I was just staring at the screen, like, okay, this is a stock-standard magical girl show, and then at the very end, like, she, she transforms to fight the big bad who's gonna, you know, bring darkness to the town or whatever, and then, like... He's gonna know, remove hair dye from... Well, no, she, she transforms <laughs> the, the and then... Well, she transforms and then her hair changes color and then like it pans out to this woman, this like actual live Japanese woman sitting on a couch and she is watching and she's just like, I used to think I could transform like a magical girl. And then the TV answers her, the little magical girl answers her and says, you can with this hair dye. And I'm like, fuck? oh my God. <laughs> so, so they even have anime spokespeople and little cartoons for just like a hair care product so like if they can do that they could have made very easily a lunar anime <clears throat> series with very few additions to what already existed they could have just taken the footage from the game and added just a little bit more <laughs> yep, and just yeah. like bam you've got at least in, in like original animated video series like a short video series or something so right mm, yeah <laughs> mm. That's funny. Yeah, though. and they wouldn't have to compress it all onto a, a CD and make it lower quality. Yeah, right. Yeah. 
Well, this is also the mid-90s, so... Um, but it's the 90s, actually, and it's sorry. time for clacks. <laughs> no, no, actually, this was... Uh, I'm sorry, George. Like, I'm sorry, George. Like you said, the release year. Like, what year did this come out here? Like in the states? Oh, uh, play, PlayStation uh, over here was 2000, but every okay, uh, yeah. Japan was 99. So okay, yeah, yeah. But uh, um, yeah, Joe, I think you said this before. You played the PlayStation version first before the Sega CD version, right? Oh hell no! I had it on Sega CD. I played it. Oh both yeah, I think she sorry. said I... this last time we had her. She, on. She, did, she did say it last time. I was trying to remember. No, so I was I OG. I was OG. Yeah. I, I had it from the original, and not I was only playing that, Sega CD before it was cool. It was cool. It never became <laughs> cool, George. <laughs> uh, depends on how deep you go into the internet. Yeah, well, there's always, you know, popularity somewhere. Hey, man, you gotta play that sewer shark, man. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Dog meat. I okay, still anyway. don't have any Sega CD games, and I have a Sega CD. It's it's a shame. Yeah, I had a friend who got one for Christmas, and he regretted it. Uh, oh, I, I rec- if I can make a recommendation, uh, George, try to find Popful Mail. It's quite fun. Released by Working Yeah, it's a good game. Yep, yeah. That, that's All a fun right. game, so... And that also could, have, yeah, yeah. And that game also, also totally, like, also totally could have been like anime because of the, uh, yes. the character in the cutscenes. For sure, for sure. <laughs> so anyway, so talking about uh, Lunar Eternal Blue, though, um, yeah. So you guys have played it. George already disclosed that he ha- did not have <laughs> enough time to finish the game yeah. because it's kind of like a long game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. how far did you get, George? Uh, I almost hit disc two, so okay. was, was that's like somewhere so, around ten hours in. So you're like warming up, okay? <laughs> you haven't gotten <laughs> to all the you haven't gotten to all the cool stuff in the story, which is real unfortunate. <laughs> you wait, you tell me the part where Lucia goes to the bathhouse and she walks up the hero naked isn't like the best part of the game. Oh, no, there's a second part where she comes back to, uh, like, they're in the same situation. They are at the bathhouse. And this oh, is wow. after Lucia, this is after Lucia um, has been traveling with them for a while. And she's basically, uh, okay, so so for people listening, the main characters are Hero and Lucia. Hero is just a boy who is, um, you know, like the grandson of an archaeologist and he is excavating some stuff from some ruins that he's not supposed to be in and gets into some trouble and while he's running around like a chicken with his head cut off trying to run away from some monsters that are coming after him he ends up coming across uh, a naked lady who shows up in a crystal and he's like right. what it's and like, then, I had a dream like this one time <laughs> <laughs> and then anyway she says that she needs to find the goddess Althena and she just kind of like passes the hell out and and whatever and so you know like uh, they have this run in with the god of destruction and all kinds of crazy things happen and and anyway that that is how he ends up traveling with the naked lady whose name is Lucia um, so Lucia is from the Blue Star and in, in Lunar Lore. Long, long ago, everybody lived on the Blue Star. The Blue Star was basically Earth. And everybody was happy there with the goddess Althena and the four dragons. And suddenly, Zophar, the god of destruction, uh, was somewhere else in the galaxy, but happened to fly over and thought it was a great idea to make some mischief. So he did. <laughs> hey, and- I'm gonna fuck your shit. 
And he did. <laughs> he fucked everybody's shit. And everybody uh, ended up turning on each other. Greed and, you know, avarice prevailed. Violence, everything like that. The place was tearing itself apart. Oh, so and he so, turned it into America. Gotcha. Yes. <laughs> and then after that, uh, the goddess and the dragons took the remaining people who were unaffected as of yet by Zophar and took them to what used to be the moon. And that is Lunar. And that is where she spent her power to turn Lunar, which was just a crater-filled moon, into a new Earth. And while the blue star destroyed itself and then turned into an arctic wasteland. And when this happened, she brought all the people over. And then she set up a tower on the blue star and also on Lunar. That was basically how they transported everybody. And... She set a guardian of the blue star, which was Lucia. Lucia is basically she acts like an alien, like she's never been around people before. I don't know if she's like a fragment of the goddess or what her deal is, but she definitely has some of the goddess's power. She has, you know, insane amounts of power when you first see her. And, you know, she gets that back later on in the game uh, as everything unfolds. But... Her job is to basically protect the Blue Star, and she wakes up because she has a nightmare of Lunar being destroyed by Zophar, uh, the god of destruction who wrecked Shop previously. So she wakes up, and that's when she goes to Lunar and meets Hero, and that's how the adventure starts. So Lucia is, to, to circle back to the bathhouse, Lucia being very alien when she first gets to the bathhouse, um, you know, she is just, you know, like heroes in the bath and then she doesn't understand anything about modesty. So she just like walks in totally buck naked and heroes just like, oh my God, but he's not about to complain. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, Ruby, right. which is this little, little, uh, red dragon who looks like a flying cat, uh, who is enamored of hero gets mad at him and beats him up. And and <laughs> covers his eyes and all of that mess until they. But could she's not wearing clothes, so <laughs> yeah, right, right. But uh, the, but they do bring it back later on in the game after Lucia's traveled with everybody for a while and she's actually learned basically what it is to be human and have feelings and all of that stuff. She is bathing the second time around at the bathhouse and she's singing in the moonlight and it's really beautiful. And Hero was unintentionally like he was he was like going to the bath, but he didn't realize she was gonna be there because that's always the trope, right? And uh, so right. then he turns and sees her and he's just awestruck by how beautiful she is. And he's just like watching her innocently. I mean, like he's not whacking his thing or anything. He's just like, <laughs> oh my God, wow, you know? And he doesn't think anything of it because, you know, he's seen her nude a few times by now, you know, because right. she just, you know, like when she first showed up, she was naked. You know, she saw, you know, whatever. But she turns to him, sees him and then freaks out, covers herself, screams and hides in the water and gets all embarrassed and everything. And that's that those scenes are used to contrast to show you how their relationship has developed and also, you know, how she's changed over the course of her journey because that becomes very, very important at the end of the game mm -hmm. for, like, yep, the climax yep. of the narrative, so. The climax yeah. of Hero? Or, um... <laughs> <laughs> that, too, I guess, so. <laughs> Who knows? I haven't gotten to the end. You haven't gotten to the end of the game yet. It's not one of those games, okay? It's not one All of right. those games, George. <laughs> I, I didn't think you'd be into one of those games. 
<laughs> I'm Who knows? so sweet. And you can surprise me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, plus, I also. Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, no, I'm just gonna add on to what you said, said Joe. I also love how the two games, yeah, how, how, how two games connect, because this takes place a thousand years after the events of Silver Star Story, yes. um, and, uh, and some of the same characters, some of the same locations, yes, uh, like are in both games. So that's cool. I really love it when the games connect, uh, connect, um, like connect like this. I'd rather have a connecting, a connecting storyline than like standalone games. And I, know? I felt that way too when I first played this game. I was kind of like, when I was flipping through the instruction manual and they show you the silhouette of the characters that are, you know, that come back from the first game. I was just like. Oh my gosh, who is that? And then when I found out, you know, what characters there were, which, spoiler, it's one of the dragons. <laughs> so, because dragons live a long time, and they're about the only thing that can continue to exist a thousand years later. Um, yep. You know, so when I saw those characters come back, I was like, oh my gosh, I was so floored and excited about, like, all the twists and turns that happen in the narrative just as these different events take place later on in the game especially so like it's, it's like i say it, i'm i'm sad that you have not been able to play to you know the turning points at least any of the turning points in the game so far george because like you barely even like you don't even have your full cast of characters yet do you uh maybe i don't know who are uh, all the so so you've okay you've got hero in lucia and Ronfar, and do you have Lamina yet? Yes. Okay, you have Lamina. Do you have Jean? Yes. Okay. Uh, you probably do not have Leo. No. Leo is later in the, in the game. So, um, yeah, you don't even have your full your full cast yet, and you don't you don't know. Uh, have you? It's a long. It's a long game. It's a, it is a long game. <laughs> it is a long game. So so uh, the the main objective that Lucia has is to find the goddess Althena because she needs to find her because Zophar came back and she needs to gather her power with Althena's power to try and repel this attack that she knows is coming because you know he's going to begin infiltrating all of Lunar and wrecking shop all over again destroying all life and so you know you have to try to take her to the holy city of Pentagulia and you know like there's still four heroes like there were in the in the first game but there is a holy city where the goddess supposedly lives and you have to go there to see her now i don't know uh is this a thing where i can actually tell the spoilers to the story in this cast or are we leaving that i i mean this game came out in like 2000 forever ago okay fine. yeah <laughs> yep, go ahead and... okay so people get mad at me when i say stuff on my own podcast even if it's like for oh an old i game. mean so i, mean, I just want to come ask. on so even, even <laughs> if right. the game's like three years old and it's like you know if you don't want to hear the spoiler then don't listen to that part yeah, but yeah, come yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. As long as you give a warning, I think you're fine, and, okay. and we just gave a warning. Okay, so, cool. Yeah. Well, it was like so, a two minute warning or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll I'll give a rundown of what else happens in the story, like the main story arcs here. So, like aside from all the individual character stories, which every single character has development to them, they have mm -hmm. additional parts of their own storylines and their own. Uh, struggles with maturation or you know struggles with particular situations that they have to come to grips with um, every single character has something uh, I'm not going to go into detail about those but for the main main arc you go to the holy city of Pentagulia you go and you finally get, get an audience with 
the goddess Althena. And first off, you notice by looking at her that there's something wrong and it's not the goddess Althena because you know what the goddess Althena looks like from the first game and this sure as shit isn't it. And not only that, but a certain someone turns around and is the new Dragon Master and it is Galleon reborn from the first game. He has come back and he is now the Dragon Master. And Galleon was the villain in the first game. Uh, he started out as one of the four heroes, and when his best buddy Dine uh, died protecting the goddess, he became bitter and wanted to take over the goddess's power because he began to resent how weak she was. And as a result, he tried to take over the world and, and rule people instead because he felt that she was doing it wrong. And then, you know, in the first game, the Dragon Master Alex and his party defeat Galleon and he dies. So here he is resurrected a thousand years later as the Dragon Master, which is kind of like a kick in the nuts if you played the first game. <laughs> and you're just like, huh, what? What? And, uh, you know, you're like, oh, oh my God. And he's in league with Zophar and, you know, all this stuff is going on and you just think, you're just floored. And as you go on through the game, what ends up happening is, uh, like, you, you revisit some of the places you saw in the original game. Like, the magic city of Vane was shot down from the sky. It used to be a floating city that would just revolve around the goddess tower in the original game. And in the second game, it was shot down to the ground. It is, you know, basically the magic guild is in ruins. Nobody cares about it anymore. And, you know, Lamina is your ma mage character, and she is really bound and determined to resurrect it and bring it back to life and restore it to its former glory. And you go to different things like uh, Taven's Peak, which is an area from the first game, and you end up encountering Null, who is, you know, used to be a baby dragon in the first game, but now he looks like, you know, he can transform into a human. He looks like a punk teenager, and he, you know, has a bunch of little orphan kids that he takes care of and he's carrying around Alex's sword the sword of the dragon master and you know you end up having to befriend him and basically prove your worth to get the dragon master's sword to stand up against everything that's going on and as the story progresses you find out that the goddess is a fake so you end up having to fight her kill her and then Lucia's like, but where is the goddess? And you find this recorded hologram thing where Luna is talking and she's old. She's got wrinkles on her face and she sounds way older. And she tells Lucia, you know, I'm, if you're watching this, I know that you've come a long way, you've done all this stuff, but I'm dead. I'm long dead. I chose to become a mortal, to a mortal you know, being to live my life with Alex and love him and live and die as a human. And I believe that the humans, you know, can govern themselves. I don't believe that they need me. And Lucia just is like in complete denial because, you know, she just woke up, barely learned about humanity in the first place, has made friends with some people, but she hasn't had enough time to like believe all of that, you know, believe that humans can can rule themselves and be fine and everything else. You've got this giant god of destruction in the sky coming down, wait, you know, trying to wreck shops. So, you know, the humans need some protection, is her belief. So she seizes the power of Althena to fight Zophar 
and she ends up getting captured in the process. You end up um, getting into a couple of fights with Galleon, and at the very last time that you do so, you find out the Galleon was actually helping to, you know, helping you move along in your quest and watching over you, and he pulled his punches every time he fought you so that, you know, he could still look to Zophar like he was still, you know, wanting to destroy the world or whatever. But he was actually, he had resurrected himself, or he had, you know, agreed to everything and come back to life so that he could atone for his sins of the past and help save the world this time. And once he, like, drops the bomb on you, <laughs> right before you have to go off to go try to save Lucia, uh, he ends up fading away because, you know, the power of Zophar is taken away from him and that was what was keeping him alive. And he just kind of fades off into the dust. And uh, at the end of the game, you go, you have to fight your way through to try to fight Zophar. And you find out that if Lucia destroys Zophar, the only way that she can do that is by, like, first destroying all of creation. She takes all of the power of, Athe of Althena and in order to make new creation she has to first destroy. So she would have to kill everybody. And she can't do it and that's why she gets captured. So what ends up happening is it takes the power of humans because like the whole Lunar Stees is it's the power of humanity. So uh, the humans have to go fight. Hero and his party have to fight Zophar and stand up against the power of not just Zophar, but also Althena because he seizes Althena's power from Lucia. And in the end, of course, you win and peace is restored. Lunar is restored and Lucia goes back to the Blue Star. And at this point in the game, like that's that's where they have the credits roll. Lucia goes away, mm -hmm. back to the Blue Star by herself, and everybody else is on the on the world. Everybody else is happy except Lu like um, Hero is looking for Lucia. He's like, I'm gonna find a way to get back to you, and that's how it ends. And I was devastated <laughs> when I played it the first time because it ends on this kind of like climactic, not quite finished note. And I was just so depressed, and I turned it off, and then I just was like bummed for a week. And then I turned oh. it back on to go try to play the ending one more time, just because I was like, I can't believe this, I was in denial. And then I turn it on, I load up the game, and then the, the starting screen now has the epilogue option. And I was just like, what? Epilogue? Oh my god, I was so upset that they, they did that. And then there's like several hours more gameplay as you play through as Hero trying to get to the Blue Star. And of course, in the epilogue, you do end up getting to the Blue Star and reuniting with Lucia. And, you know, you're basically, the, the future is set to where, you know, the two of you are going to find a way to revive the Blue Star and make it, you know, uh a second earth and connect the two worlds once more uh in the process of getting there of course you had to reconnect the link you know the the tower that teleported you there so uh it kind of sets it up for a real happy ending where there are no more um you know god powers interfering and it's just the humans and the humans are now rebuilding not just one but two worlds so <laughs> wow, babe. <laughs> oh, that's better than I would have been able to talk about this game. 
<laughs> yeah, I totally agree with uh, uh, Joel, like she said earlier. I mean, I like the first game quite a lot, but this game just simply was far better in several ways. The story was better, the characters were better, um, you know, the music was better. Uh, Too it, bad the voice uh, acting wasn't better. Ah, the voice acting I thought was a little bit better. I the thought. voice acting was totally like '90s. Let me pull you off the street. These <laughs> lines. All right, cool. Here's your twenty dollars. Oh man. There were, there were a few people though who had anime voicing. Um, voice uh, credits. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Voice credits. So I mean, I, I mean, obviously, yes. If this game was done today, the voice acting would, would be much higher quality. Well, but, I mean, that's um, that's the other thing too, because nowadays, like, you can pick like five people and it's like yeah no he he's been doing all this shit all this time now you know you hear like troy baker and nola north and like laura bailey and like every fucking thing now yeah. and it's just like i get that they're good but like it's just reusing the same and there are times where like you can't tell that it's them because they are so good but mm -hmm. it's just <laughs> it's like guys you need to you need to start pulling more people than like these five <laughs> people that are good so it, voice acting is always a, always an issue in a video game well also like i made a note i also love the fact this game had outtakes in it oh it yes like, so well <laughs> the, the first game also had outtakes in it as well yep it did so yep. i love the but, outtakes yeah. it's always fun to listen to those basically at the end of the game after the ending credits you wait for I don't know how many minutes, like five minutes, and then suddenly all the outtakes start up, and it's really a lot of fun to listen to all of those, for sure. Yeah, and it's kind of yeah, you know. Um, plus, I was kind of a bit surprised to hear that you actually shut shut it off before the epilogue started, because I didn't do that. Well, I sat there and looked at the ending screen, and nothing happened. It was just like, and maybe it's because I was playing the original Sega CD version when that happened. I, like when I went into the remake, I already knew that it had the epilogue, but in the original CD Sega ah, CD game, okay. it had an ending screen. It said end. I waited. Nothing happened, so I turned it off. And I was like, there weren't any outtakes. Also, there wasn't anything else to the story. There's nothing more in my life. I am depressed. <laughs> you know, like, that's what <laughs> happened. And then, then I booted it back up. So I, I guess they must have treated it differently. They they had it start automatically. I think, he, I think I have to push a button. I push a button like when I remember correctly. Hmm. Uh, by menu screen. Because I remember doing that. I'm like, I usually, because, I, because I've always done that with games. Don't ask me why. But when the end screen happens, I always, I, I'm always like, pushing buttons on the controller trying to see okay like okay if like, i can i go back to the main menu is there anything else is this like this really it that makes sense so i was doing it with this game and i'm like oh wow this is not over with yet oh fuck well <laughs> usually usually i would do that but i don't remember like i remember trying to push the buttons during the ending credits and i don't know if i just didn't time it properly or if it just wasn't in the uh coding for it to go back to the main menu, but it just didn't do anything. It didn't go back. I thought it was going to go back to the main menu or something. I was waiting for something, and it didn't do anything. You know, maybe so, I can. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, now that you, yeah, actually, now that you mention it, uh, let me take a second and look this up on YouTube like, real quick. See what it says. Uh, um, um, but, uh, um, but uh, yeah. So, yeah, so, so the storyline, uh, the storyline for each individual character also has a pretty progressive arc for most of the characters. There's certain characters mm -hmm. that have more growth and development than others, for sure. Um, even Ruby, yeah. the little cat, flying cat creature, has some maturation and development on her own end. So, you know, it's nice that they treated not just one or two characters because it kind of felt like in the first game. 
um, most of the characters didn't really do any growing. Like they're they're there, but they don't have any turning point. They don't have any interesting, right. you know, like development going on or side plot or anything so much. I think Mia did, but she was about the only one that did, uh, where she was the um, daughter of the premier of the Magic Guild, and she just felt like you know her mother was so strong and powerful and she was weak and and whatever and she ended up having some major development but she was pretty much the only character that did grow in the original game but in the second game pretty much every character is treated so even some of the side characters that you don't like so much like uh black mage borgen for example he has an interesting uh turn of events and and uh his character develops quite a bit but uh, Greg has has gone into YouTube land. We will not get him back. Oh, uh, Greg is <laughs> Greg is watching. Yeah, uh, I can't even think of a good joke here. In, from what it looks like here, here, yeah. Um, from what it looks like here, it looks like both of us were a little bit wrong. It looks like it looks like simply it looks it, um, it looks like it looks like we just let the game sit on the sit on menu screen for like thirty seconds, uh, and automatically it starts up again. I don't know. I sat there and I was waiting because I figured it was going to have uh, outtakes. And that's in the original Sega mm. CD version, you say? No, this is the uh, this is the PlayStation remake. Oh, well, I don't remember how the PlayStation remake treated it. I yeah. was talking about the Sega yeah. CD version. You did your research wrong, Craig. Yeah. Take another 20 <laughs> minutes to do it. No! Uh. No more! We, it does not matter! Let us move on. <laughs> Let us. Well, unlike Jala, I played these in reverse order. I think I... Um, uh, I, I Wait, remember. reverse order in, in which way? You played the second and the first, or you played the remake the and the PlayStation, PlayStation and then the Sega CD version? Uh, the latter uh, PlayStation PlayStation versions first. Hmm. So okay. I think I mentioned this. I think I mentioned this the first podcast. But uh, yeah, I I knew about the games because I had a friend. Like I said, that same friend who had the Sega CD. Uh, he he had both Lunar games. Uh, so I had seen them. I thought I never, the, the, I thought I never actually played them. And by the time uh, and by the time Superstar Story Complete came out, I already was a working design fan. So so I pointed up the money to, p- to pay for it. And you may remember. The, with the first game, I, the, for the first game, I was knee deep in my graduate graduate school program and had very little time to play the play the game. Yeah. And I was doing doing a combination of like studying during the auto battles and battles and whatnot, and trying to actually find time to play to, to find time to just like play through it and everything. So I remember telling the whole story like about that. Uh, with this game, I was still in grad school, but it, but my grad uh, but my classes were finished with at this point. I was I was I was, I was simply I was taking an extra semester. I was living on campus still in an apartment, and I was working on my thesis, just trying to get my thesis finished up and out of the way with, because the classes, the classes were finished with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, well, I'm still very busy, but I love the first game so much, I'll, I'll point up the money to get, to get this one, and I'll just find time to play it. And so I remember setting up a system system where basically, basically I'd reward myself. I'd be like, okay, if I can get X number of pages of my thesis done today, I'll, I'll, play, I'll play Y number of hours of like, this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 this and this wasn't the only video game I remember doing that with during you know during this six or seven month period I was trying to get my thesis up my thesis wrap wrapped up I also I also remember I also remember I also like remember doing this with a uh, uh, Chrono Cross mm-hmm. uh, oh, Final okay. Fantasy Nine mm-hmm. yeah. uh, uh, actually Parasite Eve too but uh, <laughs> cool. uh, uh, funnily enough well, there you go. Uh, at home uh, it's like at home world like the PC uh, oh wow. Um, so, 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 yeah, yeah, a lot of good games came out in 2000. It was a good year. So, um, so yeah, I wasn't quite as busy, but I was still very busy, but, but very busy, but I'm still kind of like, okay, 
I, I, I forced myself to always work my thesis first and then play this game in the evening because I knew if I did the other way around, You'd never I would want to stop. Yeah. Because, <laughs> exactly. So, um, and yeah, I mean, the first game's meaty, but the jaw is right. This game definitely has. A All right, whose phone is going off? God fucking damn it. <laughs> I always. This is the second time, Craig. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I always forget. I'm sorry. Um, but uh, yeah, so. Um, just right, and you know the first game. The first game. The first game's meaty, but this game definitely has some has some content to it. I think I think it's probably about fifty hours for me for the regular yeah. game, plus another ten hours. Uh, plus another plus another, plus another ten hours. Ten hours more, like the epilogue. Yeah, so, yeah that sounds about right. Uh, uh, <laughs> so I, I mean, it's definitely like a huge game. It's like and it's like the gameplay. Yeah, like you mentioned before, the gameplay is the gameplay is essentially the same as it is in the first game, but it's just that there's, there's just everything so much. Just, to everything just to everything the game is just everything the game is at least the same if not better with the whole presentation and quality and the quality of the game and production of it like what yeah. yeah. now so. what I'll say about the original Sega CD versions of this game however is that um, the original version of Silver Star the first game that one played rougher and it was the mm, Sega like there was CD more dogs in it or uh, there might have been more no, dogs. I... <laughs> but anyway, no, like, uh, there were a lot of, like, um, Lunar 2, like, Eternal Blue on Sega CD had a lot of advancements to how, and simplifications to how the combat worked and the overworld and everything that were carried over into the remake of the first game as well as the remake of the second game. And... The first game, for example, there was no monster on the overworld that you could run away from. Your random battles just happened wherever. Uh, there were also tons and tons more abilities, most of which became useless pretty quick. And some of them were useless from the very beginning. Like there was a whirlwind, you know, a tornado ability or something that I got at one point, And I used, tried to use it and tried to find anything weak against it. It just never was cool ever. It was just, and there was just tons and tons of abilities that you just, you know, there's long, long list and for no reason because they weren't potent spells. And when they made Lunar 2, they simplified the list of how many abilities that you have and, you know, offered upgrades to those abilities over time. But that made it a lot easier to manage because you didn't have all of these like stupid skills to scroll through anytime you wanted to do a move and also on the overworld map if you wanted to you could choose to dodge monsters or you know fight them and in some cases you use the monsters as you know a way to progress through the game like in the first game that one random place in the the remake uh silver star story complete where they have you try to lure one of the monkeys it to go break one of the, the glaciers you know that are in your way uh, and yeah, yeah. and like that's the only place you do that <laughs> but they have you do it for some it's like if they had kept doing that then that would have been understandable but they only put it in that one place for some it reason. wasn't even understandable when they did the first one i don't time. i don't know like i mean like if they <laughs> wanted to make it more actiony they could have done something else with the actual combat system rather than the right. overworld or the the dungeon right. map but that's that's neither here nor there uh, really, like I said, though, the combat from the Eternal Blue Sega CD release was what was ported to 
the PlayStation games. And so, you know, the the Lunar Eternal Blue game, it, the original Sega CD version, was a major improvement in play over the first game. So, but insofar as the PlayStation remakes, they are equal, in my opinion. They they are equal insofar as the combat is concerned because they just, you know, cribbed what they did on Eternal Blue mm-hmm. on yeah. the Sega CD when they made that first remake. Right. Yeah, yeah. I did go back uh, several years after after the fact and play uh, play uh, uh, pick up a second CD and play uh, uh, like and play what people consider the, the best games for the system and, and um, including these two Lunars. And I definitely agree with everything that Jawa said. I mean, like they're still they were good games when they came out, but the PlayStation the PlayStation games just simply improved so many things mm-hmm. and just made uh, because the, to me those games were rough as far as the actual presentation and gameplay was and i'm and you know i think it was so i think i it's hard for me to imagine myself as a kid like jaw was playing playing the say say sexy version but i think i would have felt that way as a kid too because they're just um they're definitely i don't want to say unpolished but they definitely feel they they, they, they definitely were trying to shoehorn the technology of the Sega CD into it, and it wasn't really a good a good match at that point. And, you or, know, I, for a while I was wondering, because this game, if it had less story, like story development, less narrative-heavy stuff, then it would have turned out to be a, an extremely mediocre JRPG. Like, it would have been just, mm-hmm. like, something yeah. everybody would have completely forgotten, because the gameplay is just stock standard JRPG. It's kind of like, nowadays, yep. if somebody made something in RPG Maker, most of the time the product of that is going to come out and be whatever. Like, they're not hey, all... No. They're not hey, all... No. Hey, they're not... They're, there's lots of, of indie developers who are doing really cool things with it, but if you were just taking it out of the box and just, you know, using the mold... You know, then yeah, it would be, you know, dime a dozen, and this game would be very much like that if it weren't for the fact that they put so much effort into the story and everything. And I was thinking about it to myself about, you know, why did they even bother making it a game? And really, I thought, you know, probably they had such space limitations, putting as much focus as they did on the narrative, they wouldn't have had the space to really program anything complicated for the actual game portion of this, like the gameplay See, part. <laughs> I, th- that's, that's the thing, and I was thinking, I wasn't thinking to myself, uh, why did they even bother making a game, but uh, I was thinking, like, this probably, with all this focus they had on the story, this probably would have been uh, a much better visual novel than yeah. some kind of art. Like, I don't want to say cookie cutter RPG, but a simplistic RPG where it kind of just, in a sense, just get kind of gets tedious over time. Uh, and you gotta, you gotta, you gotta do that to get through the story. And it's like, you could have mm. just done like a visual novel thing. And I, I think this game probably would have sold less um, over here if that was the case. Yeah. And probably around the same. Uh, over in Japan, but were visual uh, novels really a thing in in Sega CD era? I do not. Well, I was thinking, I was talking about more like PlayStation era. Oh, okay, uh, like when they Sega remade CD it. Era, I, you know, uh, I, they were around. There might Japan, have been at least. some. Yeah. 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 Well, because like I, I understand the 
desire for the developers to want to make you the hero having to actively fight. If you were playing a visual novel, you wouldn't get that feeling of fighting something so much. And you the, know what? There was a. Mm -hmm. I just. I'm sorry to cut you off, yeah. but I. I just remembered that there was a, a bunch of visual novels on the the um, Famicom disc system. So mm. yeah, and that mm. was before. Yeah, yeah. That was even before the Sega CD, obviously. Mm -hmm. So right, yeah, it yeah. was definitely definitely a big enough thing. Uh, even before this time. Well, maybe maybe they just weren't overall taking taking. I don't know. I kind of want to know why they wanted to make it an RPG when it's very bare bones and well, pretty simplistic. The thing is, is that like I said, I I really understand the want the drive that they had to have you be the main character because you are the character right. who is trying to be the voice of humanity standing up against gods. And right. so if you can't fight, actively fight something in some way, like to make a whole combat system for an action game would have been a lot harder and a platformer wouldn't make any sense. So like there's only <laughs> yeah. just so many genres uh, they were working with that they could, you know, work with without trying to invest a lot of time in the game part of it. You know, when they're obviously more focused on the narrative. So I think that's probably why it ended up as an RPG, but the good concession in my mind is that there is no grinding! There is no grinding! <laughs> you don't have to grind one damn bit in this game. You just play the game and that's fine. And that's <laughs> great because I hate grinding with a passion. Well then. Um, but, yeah, no. Um, there's definitely that feeling where the boss battles become kind of like puzzle games in yeah. a sense where you gotta find the right the right way to fight the boss mm -hmm. and um there's no way to do the thing that i would do and just brute force everything because there's <laughs> not really much grinding that you can do yeah you can definitely attempt to do so but it's huh. kind of uh futile it's actually interesting you said that george because i was just thinking uh back to what you were saying like a moment ago uh they're, they're really only they're, they're, um, you know, for me at least they're really only they're really only two knocks I'd give this game uh, like and they both connect to the gameplay is like you know A uh, some of the areas are kind of tedious and kind of feel like filler uh, yeah. the first game didn't have that much yeah I agree the, the, first, the, first, the, first, the first game felt like more compact in the gameplay um, and two I thought the bosses were easier in this game than the first game uh, maybe because I figured out the puzzle, the puzzle system like right away, but I didn't have the challenge with some of the boss fights in this game like I did the first game. Well, it's not. Uh, I didn't say it was difficult. It's just like you have to figure out this certain yeah. pattern or what you need to do. Um, you know, if you're if you're going into that boss battle and you're just like, yeah, I could take him out. Next thing you know, you you only have like hero alive and you're fucking <laughs> completely boned. And it's like, all right, I need to put some thought into this. So it's. The boss battles are, they're not really difficult. You just need to put thought into it so you don't get mm -hmm. fucked over. And Whereas yeah. there, are, uh, there are other PlayStation RPGs where you can go around and grind for fucking 10 hours and then, oh, I killed the boss in two hits. Well, so. you know, the thing that I, I like the fact that it's not like that. I like the fact right. that when you get to right. the bosses, 
you see, like, you hear that music and you're like, oh shit. And then you see the boss taking a different stance and then you're like, oh god, what's he doing? What's he doing? And then he unleashes something and you're like, oh right. my god, I'm gonna die. Right. And then you have to, like, figure out what to do, you know, in response to whatever new stance, you know, is tipping you off about what attack they're about to unleash on you. And it's right. really... You know, it was really a lot of fun. That that part of it was a lot of fun for me when I was younger. Um, uh, I I played have played this game a lot and from a long time ago. So I don't know what areas you're referring to exactly, Greg. Which areas are super tedious? Um. Well, I kind of thought that the like I remember the like I remember the. Uh... Uh, the the, uh, the snowfield uh, toward the end of disc one is being kind of oh, tedious. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of had the same feeling mm, on that mm-hmm. one. Uh, some of the some of the some of the caves. I think they're mining caves. This by this too. Yeah, they they just having... they just kind of go on a little too long. Is that what you mean? See, the thing, that, that's kind of how I, I feel about it. Like some of the areas yeah. are a little too long, and they could have gotten trimmed a bit. Right. Yeah. The so. thing I like about the dungeons, though, is that they're they're not. They're, they're fucking linear. There's no, like, maze or anything. So it's like, hey, cool. Fucking finally, I don't have to worry about looping around five times. And, you know, <laughs> I, I just, I fucking, and I know they do it in a lot of RPGs and whatnot, but it's just like, I'm so fucking tired of the whole maze thing. And, and you gotta go this way. And, oh, you hit a button. Now you gotta go another yeah. way around. And well, You know, and they... The dungeons are a little long in this game, uh-huh. but at least they're linear. And, you know, that's <laughs> actually an improvement over the original game. The first Lunar game uh, that was on Sega CD, the Silver Star, that one had mazes like the part in the game in the very beginning of that game where you get to Moribia and you are trying to get into the magic guild that when you go into the sewer that was like a nightmare zone and it was terrible it was hard everything killed you you ran out of magic fast it was and then when I played it in the remake I was like oh no this is gonna be hard I wonder how I'm gonna play through this and then I'm like I felt gypped because there wasn't puzzle like there wasn't all of the the difficulty the struggles that I had when I played it the first time where I'm like all of this stuff is killing me everything is killing me and then there's like you know wrong ways and I have to figure out my way through this stupid map and it's terrible my favorite part in rpgs (laughs) is when you you go through this crazy maze and then you make a mistake and oh hey look you're back at the entrance it's like fuck you yeah yeah i hate that (laughs) you know yeah that that did not happen that was not part of these mazes but uh yeah Yeah. that that was that was something in the original lunar silver star that got weeded out thankfully in Eternal Blue when they released that on Sega CD and also that those things did not make it to the remake of either game. So they, they yeah, had overhauled fucking God. Yeah, they overhauled yeah. all of that and took all of that out. So And the thing is it was another one of those instances of like one place they did that because I don't remember there being very many like I think there was maybe two puzzles, two areas that had, you know, switch puzzles or anything in a dungeon. And I think that was like it. Right, yep. yep so yep. you know. Anyway, it was just kind of funny. Like, so I also feel, and I'm kind of curious here, like you guys' thoughts like about this also. Like, one of the like small knock I'd give this game. Uh, I love the story, and I, uh, like I said before, I I, I, I totally, I totally agree with Jawa that I think the story and the characters and the characterization is much better in this game. Yeah. Like seeing how like Lucia evolves from like Miss Innocent until becoming what you be what she finally becomes at the end of the game is a very cool process. Um, but I, but think about both games after the fact. I was like, 
I, hero and Alex are kind of a kind of a bit alike, a little bit too much. Uh, but, they look um, the same. You know, they're kind of the they, same. They kind of act the same. Maybe they, they are the same. Sidekick. <laughs> Alex hit his head and yeah, his right. amnesia. And... Yeah, I and the thing is, at the very beginning of the game, they started to give Hero like a lot more of his own individual personality than he ended up having later. Like when the game starts, you are in some ruins doing stuff you're not supposed to be doing, trying to chip out some jewels right. out mm -hmm. of out of a yep. cave that you know, and then you set off some traps and you know trying to steal some dragon eyes. Yeah, like I mean it's really <laughs> like, okay, this guy's really boisterous. He's way different than Alex. And then like over time he just kinda like I don't know what happens to that. It just goes away. And it's just like not part of his character anymore. It was just in the opening. And, right. you know, I'm kind of like, uh, you know, because the rest of it, it seems like most of the time he gets coerced into doing stuff if he ends up doing anything. So, you know, well, he's, yeah. he's he's fallen in love and he's afraid of, of dying or something now. I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of weird. I don't know. It's kind of weird. So, yeah, I, I have to agree that like his character, Hero's character changes like it, it's presented one way looks like he's going to be a whole new guy and then he he ends up being the stock standard now that might also be a product of the time period that it was released because at that time yeah, I think so. they were very big into in the, the jrpg land of giving you know the main character very little voice or a very generic voice so that way you could imagine yourself being that character so you know that might be a product of that i mean the shining force games the main hero never talks <laughs> so yeah. you know like, yeah. it's just yeah. dot 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 so you know <laughs> uh, yeah and both games the main character had an annoying sidekick i ever didn't like all that much <laughs> yeah yeah for sure <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but but yeah, that's definitely like a good uh, argument, I, I think, because it's like, um, and also, when you have so many characters in the game, uh, you only spend X amount of time trying to focus on each one of them. Right. So it's like, it's like, it's like, compared to the first game, I think they spent more time turning blue trying to focus upon your party characters. Like Jawa said, each, each person, each person your party does go through significant, significant character development. The plot, plots have happened to them over the game. And but mm -hmm. where it's like... I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, sorry. No, I was going to say, whereas compared to Hero, I, maybe because they, maybe, maybe because maybe, maybe because his is like the overarching all-inclusive uh, all game aspect that is like, yeah, well, he's in the background. We'll just kind of focus on him like every now well, and then. Well, the thing but. about Hero is that his development and his story arc is I lurbs Lucia. That is that is his story arc. <laughs> and what is his whole driving force for the entire game? He sees Lucia, thinks he she's a beautiful woman and is stricken in love with her, and then he ends up on this entire adventure and that is his main purpose in life is Lucia. That is his focus for the whole thing and he even and, gets to see her naked yeah multiple times even <laughs> so yeah so like you know that's that's his whole thing is like he's there for lucia and that is he is a cipher you know a siphon cipher for like the people playing the game and it's like this whole love story and that's really all it is but she is given all this characterization and he doesn't ever get developed as much because he's supposed to be the eyes through which you see everything happening so and that's unfortunate because so many other other characters just kind of like ooze personality 
and mm -hmm. you know yeah. like there's just so so much flavor to you know you see Borgen or you see Leo Leo is crazy <laughs> like especially his uh, his oh, development yeah. later on in the game you're like whoa that's really left field dude you know and uh that guy yeah that guy's more annoying this game like that stupid like you know like <laughs> uh -oh. uh, you know like um um yeah like the uh yeah, like that annoying a uh, a newspaper kid, like better off dead, like you know chasing the whole movie, like wanting yeah, two dollars. Yeah. Oh boy. So so yeah, like uh, he he has his own arc. Every every one of the even Null has a character arc of, of his development and his True. his yeah, yeah. his coming to terms with his feelings and everything. Yeah. And so like everybody's everybody's got development except Hero because he's the the cipher. So. You know. Because he's mm -hmm. the hero. Yeah, because he's the hero. I mean, yep. like they, they couldn't make it more obvious. Uh -huh. They called him hero for God's sake. You know? <laughs> With an I though, not an E. Well, that might have just been like a working designs thing because in Japan it's pronounced hero. It's written hero, and if it's hero as an H E R O or H I R O, it's the same thing. It's said it's written the same mm. way, so. Damn translations. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so like this this game is a lot of fun. Uh, it is definitely mostly about the narrative. It's not really, you know, it's gameplay light. Uh, it's going to have be a JRPG, but it's not really going to challenge you too much until you get to those boss battles. Mm -hmm. yeah. where you, once JRPG you, light. Yeah. One, once yeah. you figure out, you know, the puzzles of each of the different bosses, then you're good to go. It's kind of like when I got up against, and I, I, I had to fight Zophar, I, it took a while for me to figure out how to fight Zophar, and I had to keep on, you know, butting my you head up against him. You didn't try hitting him? Oh, I did that many, many times. But. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, one thing I wanted to say, too, about Zophar in general is his overall uh, steez. He looks like a giant fairy. <laughs> he does. He looks like a giant fairy, but he's got a really, really deep voice. And then when he takes the power of Althena, I guess because she has the power of creation, which is like a feminine energy, uh, he turns into like flat out a woman at the end of the game. So like, all right. I mean, that was the first time I'd ever seen anything like that happen in a game. And I really wasn't anticipating Zophar with his deep, deep voice looking anything <laughs> like what he actually looks like. So uh, it really threw me for a loop there. I don't know what were. <laughs> yeah, again, that's Japanese. Yeah, thing. yeah, for sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, definitely. This is this is the games. The game's fun for what it is, but this is one of those games that you. This is definitely one. Definitely one of those one of those games that you look back on after the fact, and you're like, you remember the story, yeah. not the gameplay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That because the story makes an impression on you. So, um, but yeah, I just like you know, I think that the. I mean, Lucia was definitely uh, Lucia was definitely my favorite character in the whole game. I mean, just her, her whole story arc, her whole her whole development, how she went through the game. Um, you know, like, you know, I played I played the game mostly to see what happened with her, not with like Hero, because she was ten times more interesting and exciting as a character than he was. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm like you know, and you know, she's not the she's not the main character, but she might as well be the main protagonist of the game because, like I said, you know, she has more attention to being focused on her. On a, as a conscious decision of the, of the, of the developers, right. so this this is probably. I know she's not the main playable character, but I think you probably can make an argument that she was one of the first strong. She she eventually becomes strong female, like female protagonist, like an RPG. Oh, I know. And when I first played the original Lunar game, I talked to you guys and told you that uh, at that time 
when the original game came out on Sega CD, I was always looking for, you know, a female role model character and anything that I could look up to. And I like Jessica a lot, but then she weakens out definitely in the original Sega CD game to where I just kind of like felt let down by the end of the game. And Lucia, I mean, she, she gets to the point where she's like misguided or whatever at different points, but she ends up, you know, becoming a lot stronger. It's kind of like Mia in the first game. Mia starts out as a very mm -hmm. weak yeah. character who doesn't feel like she can do anything. And then she's slapping Nash across the face and telling him to shut up and get moving. And she's <laughs> standing up to the grindery with all of the power of the four dragons. And she is blasting it, you know, using all of her power and all of the power of the magic city of Vane. And it's just kind of awesome. And so one thing I have to say about this this uh, series that the two games that are in the it you know in this little short series here is that they do definitely have some females that are strong characters like Luna's a strong character even though she ends up being damsel in distress Jessica is a strong character and then when they made the remake they made her stronger throughout the game where she doesn't just kind of become the healer mm, she can actually yeah. you know wreck shop and battle too even though she doesn't have special special attacks she still has a very strong attack throughout the rest of the game, so you know they did her they did her justice. Let's say it that way. Yeah. Also, like, um, yeah, like you know, one of my favorite characters to play in the game, like, was Jean because she becomes very strong, uh, like as the game goes on. Also, like, her skills. Oh yeah. Attacks. By the way, George but, Jean. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she turns no. out to have this past where she was an orphan and she was oh, uh, no, trained as a, an assassin killer. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> no, she's karate. No, I, she's I know yeah, that. she's turned. She's called Karate Queen Jean, and she, you know, she's, <laughs> you know, that's a thing. And so, um, yeah, Jean was actually my favorite female character in the game. Uh, my favorite male character was actually Galleon. I did not like Galleon in the first game at all, and when mm. he, when he shows up in this game, I was like, oh my god! But then, like by the end of the game, he had yeah. really, really grown mm. on me because you know he was taking. Flack again. He was, you know, taking all of the, you know, peril of what he was doing by double, triple, whatever, crossing people, you know, to, to help, help save the world this time and atone for what he had done before. And that was really, really powerful to me. So. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah, yeah, I think this game is a very good classic RPG. I mean, like, you know, I think people who nowadays wouldn't have the patience, the patience or the mindset for it, uh, which unfortunately is a thing with how, with how RPGs are, with how RPGs have developed, have developed these days. But like I said, I, you know, I think that you play the game more for the story than for the gameplay, but the gameplay still is still fine as long as you enjoy classic RPG uh, 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 style. And like, yeah, but then, like Jawa said, there's no grinding. There, there's no grinding in the game. So, um, you know, like so, but even like even like even the knocks, the knocks I had I said before about the gameplay. I think it still like it still holds up pretty well as long as you understand there's gonna be like a long like a long game where you have to, uh, um, you know, like like slog through a couple like of areas, unfortunately. But the gameplay game is just <laughs> not in in depth enough for me. Where it's just like. Yeah, mm. cool, the story stuff, but 
hey, you gotta do all this other stuff first, and it's like, uh, so well, it's like it's a product of its times. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. Such but, a like slog for me. Well, even in the Final Fantasy games, though, they did have the job system and things like that, and this game doesn't have mm -hmm. any of that. No. This game yeah. is just right. like these are your abilities. This is what you unlock. Like you don't have a skill tree or anything. Hey, you go and fight things, but you're you know, going from point A to point B, and it's, it's all it, linear. Yes, it's very on rails. Uh, your your progress yeah. in the game is on rails. So is it, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Like I like um, I, I like a, a decent amount of like linear RPGs, but. It's just like this one is just so bare bones with everything, you know, there's not really like the only side stuff really in the game is like, hey, did you make that left turn instead of going straight? Cool, you got the chest, alright, keep going. Yeah. Going and finding the chest <laughs> is really like the completionist <laughs> completionist right, version right. for this game. There isn't really a whole lot. And you know what? The, I think because the first RPGs that I played were Shining Force and Lunar. I think that's what yeah. really set me up for having very low tolerance for grinding and for side quests mm. and for other stuff like that. Like I don't <laughs> like it, and guess what? That's see, that's the funny because that the Shining played. Force games. Mm -hmm. The sh I'm sorry to cut you off. The Shining Force games, like I, I just I fucking grind in those games. Well, you you know the <laughs> thing is, is that yes, you have like okay, in the first Shining Force game, I when I got uh, Torasu and Aleph and uh, Adam and what is the other blue the dragon uh i would try to grind up at the tower and get them up to speed because i loved having three mages in my party and two healers for the end boss in that game right. but i mean like that's totally optional you don't have to do that you can totally finish the game without yeah. doing that at all and it's fine yeah. so but anyway, I just like being OP. <laughs> yeah, apparently you do. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's so funny. Yeah. The irony is that you want to grind and waste a lot of time doing that in order to become OP to make the game easier. <laughs> when like this game is already easy, and you're like, oh, I don't like that. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's not that. It's just yeah. that. I, I, I don't know. There's no complexity. I, it, it's, it's really just... simple. It's really simplified. Yeah. For sure. It's baby's yeah. first RPG. Like, yeah. It's mm. it's not. You know, and, and, and it's kind of almost the same with the Shining Force games because there's no side stuff or whatever. So like, It's baby's you know, first strategy it, RPG. I'm, I'm <laughs> doing the same stuff over and over. And it's like, all right, I need a break. Whereas, like, you know, you could play something like Yakuza or something where it's like, all right, I'm done like following the story for now. I'm going to go fucking do karaoke. And I'm going to go fucking try to do the RC car stuff. Yeah, and but Yakuza. This and that. It's like, ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. You yeah. know, whereas like this game's like, oh, like there's one piece of candy like every hour. Well, Yakuza, it's like, ah. to be fair, it came out They're different games. later. And I they are that. different games too. But right. yeah. 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 Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, but there's also stuff like um, Final Fantasy VII where like there's side stuff as well. And you get to like. Oh, like, what if I go, like, southwest or whatever? Like, oh, hey, I found a place. Like, that's cool. When did that like, game you know, come it, out? 97 or something mm -hmm. like that? 90. Yeah, See, like, the original yeah. game came out in, like, 93. So, right. like, you know, yeah. for Lunar. The original Lunar game came out in 93. So when they were remaking it and porting it, they weren't overhauling it. They were taking it from its original early 90s roots and right. hauling it from there so yeah unfortunately like if they were really remaking it they could overhaul it and give it you know a lot more 
um, you know, action-y combat or more side stuff for you to do, but, you know, that's not a thing that I think will ever happen because they just keep on rehashing the same original story <laughs> and yeah. throwing in weird right. stuff, so. Yeah. So if I may offer, like, a better game to compare it to, George, uh, Dragon Warrior 3, 1990, okay. had a yeah. ton of... Ton of side quest yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Play yeah. that game. But it also didn't have so. 50 million cutscenes or anything. So or True. Did exactly. It. <laughs> you didn't unlock that yet. Right. You know, like, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, I think that I, I think the developers yeah. were trying to find some way to shoehorn the shoehorn the new the new the new the new the new CD yeah. technology and it's like to make it a better game, which was part of the course of games like in yeah. the time period. It's like you mentioned like um um like sewer shark yeah <laughs> i probably um, would have gone so, pretty far in this game if it was something more like a visual novel or something because you know you just mm, get that all that's fair all right yeah. away yeah well there there's no deviation into okay well now you have to go through a dungeon you just get the story constantly so yeah like if they if they were remaking it now they could very well make it a visual novel and it would be satisfactory. It would be fine. It would be yeah, nice, the thing, but they, like, they, they are right. not going to do that. But you know. Right. If they were to remake it and and and, re, and release it now, it would not do well, at least They'd not have to overhaul. Because everybody they would, would be like, this is too generic and simple. Yeah. And, they would need to overhaul you know. yeah. the entire gameplay mechanics or make it a visual novel. The easiest way would be for them to make it a visual novel but you yeah, know true. however they could also you know potentially just overhaul everything else not that that is going to happen but right, instead right. they will just you know copy paste and and keep hoping people <laughs> are going to buy it out of some goodwill from you know very very long time ago uh, but they don't even have my goodwill anymore i don't trust them so <laughs> Oh, for a second, I thought you were saying later they would buy it from a Goodwill store. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, man. but they're worried about sales now. Wow. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you got me there we're for talking a about, second. <laughs> uh, we were talking about game arts, Joe, right? Um, the developers. Like the actual, like Did games. we talk about them? I don't believe so. Well, no, I meant like, you know, like mentioned like you know like the goodwill having them have the, the goodwill having like you know blown uh, away. oh so, like yeah. because like you you know of them as a developer and you like their past games that yeah. you would, right yeah that you would well, kind the, of go yeah. in and just yeah. well and then the thing is is that the original people working on the game aren't working on the game anymore like when when it right. gets True. released yeah. and that is that is what i yeah. mean like yeah. the people yeah. who are doing it now are not the same people even if it is the same company that is releasing it is not the same people working on the game and that's the, right, the, where yeah. they're taking it is not where i think the original people would be taking it and you know like i think honestly that the original developer development team if they were to work on it they probably would turn it into like a visual novel or something else like that i mean they had light novels <laughs> yeah, they had you know uh manga for it they just you know and that's all very very story based I so i mean they they very very right. probably would make a, a whole new version that would be a visual novel but i seem to re yeah I, I seem to recall some talks several years ago about them trying to make a third game in the series but they never panned out unfortunately well i you say I think unfortunate. it might be too late now yeah it's gonna be too late for one and then also yeah. honestly the end of lunar 2 is fine 
They don't need they they don't need yep. to to put yep. anything else after that. And the thing is, but they, what if they made a Wild West game? Well, <laughs> and you were in search of this crystal that turned men into dogs. And, oh God! I don't know. That's that's my <laughs> that is my uh, as my pitch for Lunar Three. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's the Wild West. Well, they did also make Magic School Lunar. Uh, that was a thing. And oh yeah, Game Gear. Yeah, right? it was what on the that? Game Gear, and then they also released it yeah. uh, elsewhere. I forget where. I think it was also released on the Sega Saturn. Uh, they had remade it or expanded it or something. Uh, Magic School Lunar was a random spinoff where you are playing some characters that are in the Magic School of Vane, learning magic, and then doing some things. And it was very, very simple, and it wasn't very interesting, <laughs> and I didn't really like the characters. And oh, okay, so, then. like, it, it was not a success, even for the people. But who what if they remade it and turned it into Lunar Magic School Bus? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The Game Gear was a weird platform for that because they did that Fantasy Star, too. Uh, there was a there was a Fantasy Star spinoff on, uh, on, on Japanese yeah. Game Gear. It just, I, I don't know what gravitated. I'm not sure what gravitated games of that nature to the platform, but meh. But... But uh, yeah, I don't know. yeah. So I kind of wish I hadn't sold that. Uh, I sold this game uh, quite a while back when I was out of work and needed money desperately because I'm sure it's because I'm, I'm sure it's like pretty expensive. Well, these especially days. if you have oh, a pretty boy. mint copy, probably. Mmm. Yeah. Uh, kicking myself in the ass for selling about a hundred bucks like back then, but yeah, it's not too oh, well. It's not too bad. Hundred bucks. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Is that was that with like everything or was that just the game complete? Everything. Oh. Yeah. Mid condition. Like, like, yeah. I saw the uh, the strategy guide too. Yeah, was it awesome. Was. Uh, it was. The, 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 oh my the, god, the, we the, had talked. We talked about strategy guides before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, 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 the strategy guide. The, the strategy guide is so for the strategy guide itself. So for like. Well, that's bucks, because think, it was hardcover. Really? It had again. It had like that. That really nice edge to the paper. It had the, yeah uh, bookmarks. It yeah. had stickers. Yep. And didn't it have cards too? Stickers. Or something. Oh, okay. No but there cards. was comics. No cards. But each one had an offer but for. There were. Yeah, there, there were comics, comics, and there was also an offer for flavor like, posters. Yeah, yeah. So too. I mean, like there were all different kinds of things in. Yeah the strategy yeah. guide as well and that was another thing that was also full color and all of that as well so i i still have yeah i still have two working design strategy guides here for uh, vanguard bandits and for the uh uh and for the first two games first two games arc the lad uh, because the third one never came out it got yeah. canceled so because working designs delay the shit of everything like like usual <laughs> and then so. and then they made that <laughs> ps2 game uh, yep, one of their yep. last games. Yep. You put it went belly up. Yeah. So, yeah. but the only thing I still have is that Galleon uh, punching. <laughs> well, punching I, I don't know reason. why you still have that, but okay. <laughs> I just imagine it wasn't worth anything at the him. time. Uh, no, yeah, that that was not worth anything at the time. Nobody wanted it. Nobody wanted a fair price for it. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to give it away for free. So I'll you hold know on what's to funny it. is that was so. the first thing I got rid of. I don't, <laughs> I don't even have it. Really? I still really? have the game and everything else, but I don't have the punching puppet anymore. <laughs> well, I know it's for Christmas then. <laughs> oh jeez. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I just saw it the last. Yeah, I, I just saw it this weekend too when I was down in the basement. It's like, oh, okay, I have, there you are. Oh, I it's gonna smell you. all moldy and shit. And... <laughs> No, nah, it's fine. Just clean it up a little bit. It's in, it's in good shape still. That's funny. But, right. but uh, 
Yeah, uh, George, uh, did you find how much this game's going for these days? Yeah, I've I'm, seen I'm a... uh, sold listings between $31 for like... The basic. Loose yeah. or damaged or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, essentially. And then $159.99 for the cheapest sealed. And, uh, or yeah, and then the highest sealed was like $200. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, spending $200 on a game that kind of just gets boring to you is just... Yeah. That's, that's, that's why George much. had a... That's why George had to track down this game through alternate mm -hmm. means. <laughs> well, yeah. you wouldn't well, need I mean, the brand I, I don't. I, just... I don't have the money to buy no. the games for the podcast anymore, so... No. Yeah, no. I have the money. I still wouldn't. I have the money. I still wouldn't like spend that much <laughs> for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh yeah. Like I said, it's a real shame this game's not available on the store because you know I think, you know I think maybe it wouldn't do great, but it would certainly introduce a new generation of people who only maybe. know the the remakes. So, or just a bunch uh, of kids crying. Why does that bunch of this game? What's going on? <laughs> 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 okay. That was that's, that's what that's what that's what kids cry about, right? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Hey, this game doesn't look good. Where's the graphics? That's what they cry about, right? I don't know. That's probably. <laughs> it's not even 3D. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So, Joe, did you say that you had the Japanese-only Saturn yes. version of this game too? I also, I also oh, have the oh, Japanese wow. version of the first game. Did you beat the Japanese Saturn game? Um, I only played through a chunk of it because I wanted to hear the Japanese voices. I also have some of the radio drama CDs. They did radio dramas and had songs. Radio yeah, radio drama. dramas. And they also had um, where they basically did an audio version, an audio play version of the entire story. And uh, they oh, also okay. and they also cool. had some side stories, and there were also uh, character songs by each of the different characters singing. So, and the, huh. the actual voice actors would sing these songs. That was a common practice in Japan for a very long time. I don't know if it's still very common right. anymore, but it used to be where like any anime series would have like a radio drama series as well. So. That was like back in the day. I don't know if that's still a thing anymore, like with character image songs and stuff, but it was at that time. So I do have some of those and I enjoy those as well. Hmm. All right. Cool. Yeah, the setup version got to be even like really expensive. No. <laughs> I'm not because, even going to well, bother looking. No, because. I mean, it's a Saturn. It's the so. Saturn version. The <laughs> graphics are like a quarter the size. It didn't come out with all the same stuff as the American release. And also, a lot of people can't read Japanese, so they can't appreciate right. what's going on in the yeah. story that over here. Anyway. I wish I was smart enough to know Japanese, so. but um, I can't even know English. <laughs> I took Japanese for two years in high school. It's a hard language. I mean, like... Uh, I mean, like learning, learning to speak is not that bad. It's just the whole writing thing because it's the, the, the alphabets are totally, totally different than English, and three, 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 three different alphabets, and just, and just, and just. You, you have to know how many games I'd be playing right now if I knew Japanese. Oh, oh yeah, me too. <laughs> well, it's all about yeah. learning all the radicals. Once you know the radicals, then you can learn and piece together most of the kanji. But it takes a lot of time to do all that. It does. Yep. Uh, yeah. So, but. Yeah, anyway, um, yeah, uh, like, 
Yeah, this is yeah, this is the game I still finally like uh, finally uh, finally finally like back on these days. But like I said before, more for the story than for the gameplay. But you know, I, I but but you know, I, as much as I, as much as I, as much as I enjoyed the first game, this game really just like blew it away. It's like they knew a sequel should a, a sequel should take what worked the first game and prove upon it. And this game really did a great job mm-hmm. with that. I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and like I said, as as you could tell when I was talking about the story, I get really involved in that, and I just absolutely love it. And I have a tendency of, you know, if I'm talking to somebody and they are curious about the game, what I will do is I will pull up my copy of it and have them watch the cutscenes, and I'll, like, explain basically what happens in between the cutscenes for, you know, that. And we'll just, like, watch it as if it were a movie. <laughs> so that's another reason why I'm like, why didn't they ever make this into, like, an anime series or something? That would have been fine, you know. Right. Or, like, at least, like, a, a, a you know, uh, OAV, if not a series. So, oh, well. Yeah. yeah. Um, yep, yeah, cool. So, just the... So, so just... So just so just one last small thing because George and I like to mention this in our podcast for some reason I'm not, I'm not sure how this tradition got started I think he did but um, um, uh, I did happen to see when I was on YouTube earlier uh, there was a there was a there's a pretty impressive speed run of this game huh. uh, just under, uh, just just under eight really? hours I wow. mean if you're interested I could see uh, uh, I could try to find the world record for this this map. This might be the world record because it was done on one of the uh, 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 games on quick uh, 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 um, uh, sessions. So, well, just be, just mean, because uh, it's it's on the GDQ doesn't mean it's a world record. Uh, yeah, possibly. I'm just saying they have they have done some world records like in those like playing those seminars. But, eight so. hours. I'm just but, like blown but, yeah. away by that. I'm just like, wow, eight hours. I'm trying to like, okay, if you skip all the cutscenes, you must have run from every single enemy. <laughs> like, wow. So yeah, apparently the world record here is seven hours, six minutes, twelve seconds. Wow. And is the only entry here, and it was it's three years old. Huh. Well, yeah. that's because this isn't exactly like speed running a JRPG. Like, all right. I guess I know it's, it's done. done pretty frequently, but like this game is so <laughs> yeah, narrative. Like Final the, well, this game is so narrative focused with all these cutscenes and stuff that that's like yeah, that's that, right. Like, yep, that's yep. a weird speed that's run. A, that is a weird speed <laughs> run, exactly. Like that's a, that's yeah. a you know there's not enough to the gameplay to make this speed run you know worthy in my mind. But whatever, that's fine. People have done it. Apparently, someone <laughs> did it. Right? You know people. You know, people are people are speed run SpongeBob SquarePants battle for Bikini Bottom, so you know. This is true. <laughs> and that yeah. brings us back to Dead or Alive the Beach Volleyball. <laughs> uh does it? Yes. Uh, the battle for Bikini Bottom. Oh, I get <laughs> it now. Oh. How'd you know that was Greg's favorite game? Well, I am a defender of that. The game. Venus swimming suit. Need I say more? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I enjoy beach volleyball, and the game's a very good beach volleyball game. I was I'm sorry. I'm yeah. very With surprised jiggle he's defending himself. I right love now. it. I love it. I love it. It's great. I'm I'm really not knocking you. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Too bad you can't see me right now. Like, <laughs> That's because you're thinking about right. that Venus Venus swimming suit right now. Anyway. <laughs> He's thinking of Lucia wearing it. Lucia doesn't need to wear it. She doesn't need to wear anything, as a matter of fact. 
Don't worry about. Don't don't you worry Trail about her. My. <laughs> oh my. Greg's running away. Oh. I hear him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do you? Oh, I said that. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh. <laughs> oh, nothing. You're gonna... Never no, mind. No, you trying to defend yourself again? I want to hear it. <laughs> I, I'm just. Uh... I was just gonna say, I, I, I was just, just gonna say, this is not new to people who've listened to me in the past. I, I, I the past, uh, in the past, I, I publicly defended that series before in the past. So, I mean, it's not. Have you? I have. I don't yeah, remember those. So, I mean, like, I, I mean, like, I care about the gameplay, and the gameplay is solid. So. I mean, are we gonna be really, <laughs> like, next thing I know, you're gonna be asking to cover Rumble Roses or something? <laughs> <laughs> I well, mean, look, I'm, you brought I'm this up prepared. on yourself. I'm already, I'm already, pre- I'm already prepared because I actually own that game, so. <laughs> so you can't talk. But anyway. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, moving on. Uh, uh, Jawa, thank you very much for taking time on your busy, busy life to join us here for like this, like this episode. Yeah. Thank you for having it. me. It's been fun. It's been, uh, anytime you, you want to talk about a game I really, really like, I have no problem popping up and doing <laughs> Give me a list and we'll think about it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, 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 so I mentioned before, like I am friends with Aaron, uh, uh, Aaron, uh, I'm the Genesis, I'm Genesis Gems podcast. So whenever you want to talk about Shining Force, just let me know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I make that happen. No problem. Shining Force. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, are, are, we, are we making that song? Shining Force. Yes. I want to play that game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good rendition of what the song would be. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but speaking about podcasts, George, what are the podcasts like we do together? Uh, I don't know. What do we do together? We do uh, SNES podcast, uh, and that's that's all we do together. Uh, I could talk about the other thing I do, which is Master System masterpieces. There's a podcast about the Master System, Woo! and and how some of its ports are crappy. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> We just, uh, it did, it did not come out yet, but, uh, we covered, uh, Altered Beast. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. That's not a good Was port. Was that something? Anyway, uh, 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 the Genesis version of that game is not aged well. I can't, can't it's definitely the much better than the Master System. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jala, why don't, why don't you plug your shit here? Okay, well, I'll plug my shit here. Uh, I am a host on Duckfeed TV's The Level Podcast. You can find it at thelevelpodcast.com. I am also an artist. You can find all of my artwork at neonskiesstudio.com. The skies are plural. Don't ask me why, but they're neon and there are many of them. And also, I am also a fitness instructor. I teach uh, personal training online with fitness coaching and all of that stuff. And you can find all of that at fireheartfitness.com. And you can find me, myself, (laughs) on the internet at Jalachan in places. Oh, places. Places. Like, basically, if there's a place and I'm there... I'm Jalachan. Oh, I thought you were going to say, if there are places and I'm there, I'm there. <laughs> it's like, okay, I guess that makes I'm sense. I'm there and I'm Jalachan. Uh, you're there, you're not square, and you're you're flaring your hair. <laughs> yeah, I have bought two of Jalachan's paintings. I can I, I, I have paintings. I definitely, and I definitely, like, recommend, like, I recommend, like, artwork. Like, Thank it's amazing. you. There you go. I mean... 
She's a talented artist. Thank you. You're welcome. Anyway, <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. Again, uh, Gala, we already thanked you, but thank you again for coming on and and basically carrying this episode. <laughs> because if you weren't here, we Greg and I'd probably talk about Lucia dancing around in her underwear or something. I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, we'd like to thank the people who are backing us on Patreon. That would be uh, David, Michael, One More Go Show, which is my friend Matt from Canada, uh, Lori, and Wade. Uh, if anyone's Yay. interested, you can back us on Patreon, patreon.com slash theboxfort. That is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash theboxfort, T-H-E-B-O-X-F-O-R-T. Uh, there's a bunch of rewards, uh, stuff like behind the scenes access, early access to episodes, shit like that. Uh, we also have goals like karaoke games being covered on this podcast. One day. Stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> One day, right. One day. Uh, we also have a Discord. If you're interested, you could uh, talk to us through there. Uh, mostly talk to me because Greg never shows up, and people actually ask for him, and he never he never shows up. Uh, he doesn't like you apparently. But anyway, uh, <laughs> he has a hard time trying to keep up with the social networks. He's a busy man. It's all good. Yeah, it's I true. Get that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, if you like to get, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm just saying. Like I know it's not my. Uh, I was just saying, like, I know it's not much of a defense, but it's a defense. <laughs> it's, it's what I have. It's, so. it's something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, if you're not interested in the Discord, um, we got an email. If you'd like to get in contact with us, uh, PlayStation Power at theboxfort.net. That is PlayStation Power at T H E B O X F O R T.net. We also have a Facebook group. Um, there is a YouTube account that we have where uh, I capture video of the game and put the podcast in the background as audio and i'm definitely working more on that because i did actually recently release something and another episode's almost done so that's that's going on don't worry about it it's it's all goody um on top of that you can follow me on twitter at mr chief at m-i-s-t-u-r-c-h-e-e-f greg where can we find you uh, well, the Facebook page is pretty good, and you can also send me an email directly if you want to at the email that we that I use for the other podcast, George and I, George and I, George and I do together, Super NES Podcast. Uh, that email is the SNES Podcast Yahoo.com. I promise to check it at least like once a week. Wow, once a week, huh? Busy, what I say. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is this, Greg. This is the part where you say something to move to my He was response. just like, I already explained it. I didn't need to say anything else. <laughs> I already explained it, motherfucker. <laughs> I ain't got shit. That's all you get. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, when the podcast devolves into this, I, I guess that means we're done here. <laughs> we're done. Mic <Life laughs> drop. Yeah, we done. We done. That's it. All right. Goodbye. Bye.